the things I love about Sunday morning is that about half the church clears out when we have Sunday school. Actually, I think that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I know, like, preachers, yeah, it is, yeah, let's celebrate that. Now, preachers like to have a full house, but hey, I'd rather have that, I think, in many ways, uh, that we continue to see the younger generation uh, growing. Uh, we're coming up to the end of the year. And, uh, and as often, is often the case when we come to the end of the year or maybe uh, look towards uh, the next year, we have an opportunity to reflect. And, uh, and while we seek to learn from the past in this church, we want to be a church that, that's, that lives from the present future. Where are we at with God? What's God doing now? Uh, where has he brought us to? And uh, there's the uh, gifts right there I just kicked over. Uh, but to live from the present uh, into the future. And, uh, and I wonder what you're, you're thinking of uh, in that respect. Uh, last week during the, um, the testimony time, uh, Bill Bingham shared a little bit uh, as a fireman, uh, seeing in the news uh, what had happened. Uh, I believe it was in New York, was it? Down in the States where those, um, those firemen attended a fire that was set up uh, it was a setup so that a guy could actually shoot them, and then he ended up shooting himself. And it was just this cause uh, for reflection to say, uh, you know, what am I going to be about? I think Bill's words were, I want my time on this earth to count, you know, to count for eternity. And so um, I wonder what that looks like for you. I remember at a, a family service not too long ago, I uh, shared a little bit about a trip that my family had made to Merritt, B.C. And as part of that trip, I was into going to historical uh, places and monuments. And this, there was a church on the side of the road that I, I, I pulled my family off to the side and we went looking. And, and unfortunately, Josh stepped on some cactuses at that uh, little church. And that ended up being a little bit of a sidetrack on our holiday. But, but I remember going into uh, the graveyard at this church. So, uh, it sounds weird to be fascinated by graveyards, but it was, it was actually really fascinating to walk through and to begin to get a sense of the history of the people who rested there. And on one of the tombstones was written as just a single word, uh, whatsoever. And it seems kind of strange, um, but I was able to remember what was this all about. And there's a passage, I believe it's in Matthew 25, where Jesus uh, says uh, to his disciples as he sees it, he says, whatsoever you do to the least of these, you have done to me. And so with a word was this recollection of, of the life of this individual. I think it's a very cool thing to be remembered in that way. And also just to have that, that sense of what Jesus sees over your life being declared for generations that come afterwards. Um, I remember too, Jesus was talking about some of the things that he entrusts to us uh, he's, as good stewards and I, he says this about the guys that actually take what God has given and invest it, and they re, reap uh, a reward from that. And Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, David, uh, King David, when he, before he was king, he was mourning for a really good friend of his named Jonathan. He was the prince of Israel. And he said this about him. He says, I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of women. The sense where the deep friendship that they shared had gone over and above everything uh, that he had experienced previous to that. 
I wonder what your words would be. Jesus gives these, these words, go into all the world and, and make disciples. It's this word of commissioning, uh, this word of it is finished, the work that I have come is now complete. And so I was just thinking about as we come to, um, to New Year's, you know, not only what would you like to have said about you uh, by others or by God at the end of your life, but even if you were to say in 2013, so in the year ahead of me, what would I love for people to say about me come next year? If, if for some reason they were to have to write something on a tombstone, what would you love for the, for the people to say uh, then? And hopefully they say it before you arrive there. <laughs> so I think one of the things that we want to be about as a church community is to actually encourage one another in, what, in the life that we do see while the people are still here. So I'm going to ask you to actually reflect on that just for a moment with the person beside you. If you were to have something that you would go after uh, this year that you could see accomplished or something that would be maybe said about you, uh, what would that be? Let's take a few minutes to discuss that this morning, and then we're going to look at what some of the things that Paul says and does at the end of his life. All right. So I know for me, there's a time in my early 30s where... I, I came to this place where, you know, I, I guess, and this is not a bragging thing, it's just kind of the thing where, you know, you kind of like, hey, that Dave, he's a really good guy. You know, and just, and that's kind of becomes the, the thing that, that's kind of said and expected and that kind of thing. And, and I appreciate that. I mean, I don't want to become a jerk, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to change just to, you know, to go against that. But there's that sense where I, I felt, you know, I had to start beginning to pursue something else, to see a change in my life where I could actually go maybe hopefully a little bit deeper in terms of how I engage with people and their response to me uh, at the end. Because I just thought, you know, it's good to be kind of, hey, the good guy, you know, but is that what I would want to have on my tombstone? If, you know, at, at Dave's funeral, when, when people come up, hey, that Dave, he was a really good guy. <laughs> You know, and that was it. I don't know, that just, that just wasn't enough for me. And so it began uh, a personal pursuit of trying to find something that's deeper. And, um, and so I just want to encourage us to, to continue to look into that. And I've been reading uh, 2 Timothy. Um, it's a letter to a young leader by the Apostle Paul. And I want to just look at a few of the things that, that he, he says here. Uh, there's tons of insight and encouragement, but also transparency but where he's at in honesty. And the first thing I want to point out is that um, Paul invites Timothy to imitate him as he imitates Jesus. He doesn't say those exact words. He says them in another place, but he says this uh, to Timothy. He says, You, Timothy, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in, in the cities of Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions that I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. He says there's going to be, everyone's going to in fact be persecuted. While evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you know those people from whom you've learned it. I wonder who you wanted to be when you grew up. I wonder who captured 
your attention when you were a, a kid or maybe a teenager. And if you could be just like fill in the blank. Paul, in a sense, was that for Timothy. He knew him since he was a young kid. And his whole life was laid bare before him, not only in personal experience, but he just he shared everything. And I think it's a beautiful quality that we want to encourage here. Last week we talked about the vulnerability of God coming in Jesus and just the openness and, and, and the risk of that. But Paul didn't hold anything back from Timothy. He let him know everything. Here's what it's like to, to follow Jesus, both in its various highest things and also the very lowest lows, the persecutions, the things that have to be endured. And so Paul, at the end of his life, he's, he's reminding him, he's saying, Remember the things that you have learned from from myself and from others and continue to put them into practice. And it reminds me of of some words of Jesus at the end of his life where he's talking to his disciples and this is what he says. He says, "Um, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. But then Jesus says this, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. And so if you were to turn the question of when you were little, who did you want to be when you grew up? If you were to turn that and say, when a child looks at me, who would I want them to see? Could we actually become uh, people that others want to aspire to? Not because we're good in and of ourselves, but because of what God has done in our lives that we could actually, other people would aspire to to say, if I could be just like Fred, if I could be just like Bill or Jesse, you know, that would be like a triumph in my life. If we could actually, just as Jesus did, we could take everything that we've learned from the Father and make it known uh, to the next generation, you know, what would that be? I think the second thing that, that stands out for me at the end of Paul's life is when he's talking to Timothy, actually, he commissions him. Uh, check this out. He says, uh, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and in careful instruction. Have you ever had somebody come down on you pretty heavy? where you feel this weight of the responsibility that you now carry. Can you imagine somebody, I mean, maybe really God does say this to us. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, here's what I want you to do. Um, I have the privilege of being able to coach with RJ, actually he's here today, as well as Lefty, a boys basketball team. And we spent a fair bit of time pushing those kids beyond what they're used to in terms of their abilities and pushing themselves physically to get more physically fit, uh, to become better players. And a lot of times that comes down as a very, it can feel like a really harsh word. And man, these guys, you know, (laughs) they probably have a few things to say in the locker room after practice about the ways that we're pushing, pushing these kids at times. But it's not for the purpose of making their life miserable. It's for the purpose of actually raising them up to a place where they will not only uh, play basketball, but they'll reach another level in in life. 
in terms of their personal character. There's so much more than just the basketball skills that are being imparted to them. And there's this, it becomes a heavy weight for them many, in many ways to carry. It's a, it's a real heavy push. And I think Paul is doing the same thing here to Timothy, saying, you know what, I'm only going to be around coaching for just a little bit longer. So if, if you had to hear anything, just remember whose you are and under whose authority you are. In the presence of God, I charge you, go and do this. Has anybody ever actually said that to you in this church? I think we probably get it actually more here under John's leadership than, than most uh, churches. In terms of the opportunity to say, in view of God and his appearing, the judgment at the last day, think about these things. What are you going to be about? It's, it's a heavy word, but it's not a heavy word to make us feel uh, less than or to be kind of crushed underfoot and feel small. It's actually a word that says, you have it in you. That's the thing that we keep saying to these kids on the basketball team. There's more in you than you actually realize. You're going to be able to do greater things than you can actually see right now. And it's the same thing in church. If we could actually say that to one another, just remember under who we are and the power that he gives and and go and make disciples. Go do the stuff that you've been equipped to do. And then this in, uh, in verses 6 through 8, Paul says this. He says, he gives this charge, tells Timothy what to do. He says, because I'm already being poured out like a drink offering and the time for my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. And now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to all who long for his appearing. It's Wasteland Sunday. You're probably feeling a little tired. Some of you grew up in the same age, not as many of you, but some of you grew up when I grew up. Counting on Jamie in the back there. Uh, 80s rock. Fight, yes, okay. So I'll just do a little quiz. Fight the good fight. Billy? Heard it? Don't know who sings it? Fight the good fight every moment, every minute, every day. <laughs> fight the good fight every moment, it's the only way. Now, I wish I had the hair that these guys have. Put it up there. Triumph. Good Canadian rock band. <laughs> okay, that's right. I got one more for you. Um, so Paul says, uh, I, have, I have kept the faith. There was a song, mid-80s, Keeping the Faith. Who sings that? I don't know, actually, that song very well because all the bands that I listened to had hair like that. This guy didn't have hair like that. Keeping the Faith? Anybody remember? Sorry? <laughs> I don't know that one, actually. I haven't, uh, yeah. You, you're close. That's, yeah, that, that's actually who I thought it was, and then I looked it up on the internet. What's that? Because you got to have faith. You got to have faith, the faith, the faith. So I know that one, but I don't know this one. Uh, Billy Joel. Billy Joel? Anyhow. (laughs) 
And if, if, if we were to say, I don't have one for this, but if, if you were to say, uh, finish the race, what would, what's the song that comes to mind? Uh, finish the race, you know. I have the tiger. Okay, actually, that's a good one. The final countdown. Europe, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. I always think, too, of uh, Queen. We are the champions, you know. We reach, we reach the end. We are the champions, my friend. And uh, Paul is, is, in a sense, uh, he's not into 80s rock, I don't think. Now, he might have been if he was around at this time. I'd like to think so. But, but there's a sense of um, coming to the end of all things and just this, uh, this sense of completion. And there's actually a real, I think there's a real peace or just a, he's able to rest in that. He doesn't feel like, shoot, you know, he just, I, don't, I don't think he carries any regrets. I noticed when I was reading out through this the other day that he says, I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as night and day I pray for you. And, and I was reflecting even for, for my own life and I don't know where you're at, but those times of restlessness that come on me uh, because of I, you know the things that I know I should have done but I didn't do or or the the thoughts that well this person this is what they expect of me and so I need to meet that expectation and Paul comes to the end of his life and he's had that opportunity to to give it all what we say to the kids is leave it all out on the floor or if you're a soccer player you know leave it on the field or you know you 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 put it all out there win or lose you just just give everything and I think Paul has a real sense of that. And it would be interesting, again, to, to then transfer that to our life in Christ and to both personally, but also corporately as a church. If we could leave it all out on the floor, you know, if we could give everything that we had so that at the end of the year, it's like no regrets. What would that be like? I think it's a really good question to ask ourselves. I want to close with this. Paul says this at the end of this letter. He says, Do your best, Timothy, to come to me quickly for Demas, another fellow that was part of their team, because he loved this world, has deserted me. He's gone to Thessalonica. And Crescens has gone to Galatia. And Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. So please get, get Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me in my ministry. And he goes on to say, he says this, at my first defense, Paul was in prison for his faith. He says, at my first defense, he says, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the people might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. I think, you know, we understand in this church and continue to grow in this that we recognize that, you know, we're not meant to do this faith journey alone. We're meant to do it as, as a family, as a people together. But if the thing that you were to go after in 2013 or the thing that you were to go after that you wanted to say, you know, when, when it comes to the end of my life, 
you know, it's going to, I want them to say this about me. Would you be willing to go that alone? I think it's a very powerful thing. I actually, yeah, that's, that's fine there. Um, it's a very powerful thing for Paul to say um, that at my first defense, nobody came to my support. Everyone deserted me. Could you make it? Would you press through? And I think the next slide, thanks, Glenda. I think it's amazing that Paul is not bitter. He's just stating a fact to Timothy. He says, you know what, Timothy? You're a young leader, and you're going to be going after some stuff. And it's big, it's huge, it's under God. It's, it's incredible, Timothy. But you need to know that as it was in my life, it may also be in yours. There's going to be times where you're going to be going after something and it's going to cost you in such a way that other people are going to pull back. Sir, uh, you know, that's just a little too awkward for me. I, I can't go there. But Paul, because of his relationship with God, he's not bitter. It reminds me of one of the very last words of Jesus when he was up on the cross and he prays his prayer to his father. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I don't know if maybe you've been abandoned at different times. Maybe you've been, uh, people have left you behind. Or maybe you were so far in front, they just, I'm not going to go there. I just, I can't do it. And you feel isolated and you feel alone. And I, I hope that bitterness hasn't taken hold of your heart. Certainly, I know one of the things that Jesus wants to do, we declared it this morning, that Jesus wants to heal those things on the, on the outside, the physically, as well as the things on the inside. And it can be a stumbling block for you. But I want to say that uh, Jesus says, whatever you pray in my name, ask whatever you wish in my name, and it will be given you. And if you've had that disappointment, and it's grown to have a root in you that became bitterness, I think Jesus wants to meet that today. He wants you to be able to say with Paul, you know, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that I could continue to declare the message that he had given to me. I'm not going to spend much time on this, but I had the opportunity to go down to the States um, last month. And one of the things that I was able to do in that time was to actually pull back and reflect, even as I'm asking us to do it today. And hopefully you'll do it after you leave here today. And sometimes those times where you set time aside, you're able to, to kind of get a grasp on what's going on in my life. And I found that uh, as I left, I was in this place of tension. And the tension was there, I think, because there's certain values and there's things that God has invested in me that were just that. And they weren't, able, they weren't yet being expressed in, the, in my life in the way that I think God is asking me to do and the things, and I think that that will bring me joy. And so I found this place of tension because on the one hand, I have these values and the things that God's poured into me, and on the other hand, it's just not even happening because I'm busy and I'm scrambling to do this and that. I'm busy and I'm not doing the things maybe that God has actually invested in me. And so um, one of the things that I'm committing to for this New Year is to try to try to write, you know, if I was to write, what, is, what do I want people to say about me? And I'll share it with you guys. Uh, take, please take notes. Okay, this is what I'm hoping people will say. 
Dave is someone who came alongside me and others and helped us to recognize and unleash the dreams, gifts, and passions that God has invested in us in such a way that we really lived and had a significant impact in the lives of others. If I could have even a dozen people say that at the end of the year, you know, Dave, when you walked alongside me this year, you helped me to identify some stuff that I knew was kind of deep in my core, but I just couldn't get it out. And you helped me, you facilitated something that helped me to recognize that and to move into my gifts and to my passions and to see them unleashed in my life. Thank you. That's my little vision statement for 2013. I hope that you will take some time to actually reflect on what God would have you write and what you might be able to live into because uh, every promise, every gift that God has deposited in you, he says, uh, yes and amen, it can happen. It can happen this year. It can happen in your lifetime. And you know what? And even if it doesn't, we won't go into this, but in Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about the heroes of the faith. And it says something like this there. It says, all of, not all of these people saw everything come to fruition in their lifetime. They had a taste of it, but they never got to see it come to its full reality in their own lifetime. Would you be willing the thing that God has invested in you, the passion that he's poured into you, the purpose that he's given you, would you be willing to pursue that even if you didn't see it come to full fruition, knowing that a younger generation will be able to experience it in full? I'm into that. And even if I stumble and fall and only one or two people say this about me this year, I'm still going to go after it. Because maybe three or four the next year will be released. That'll be a fun thing. Amen?